Welcome to the Witches and Wine audio experience. Gotta do the shushing of the hair. Yeah, I braided it so it'd have the little kinkies. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Chow on here. So I am super excited to talk to Naomi Love today. Hi. Hi, love. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. One of the aspects of what I do is actually working on and massaging the belly to help the coax the womb into optimal position. And so for men, it would be considered the hara. So it's located below your belly button and above your pubic bone. And so for women, if the womb is out of alignment, so if it's tilted or if it's retroverted, so there's all these different positions that it can go in. Um, if it's out of alignment, then we're not able to connect to our own center. We're not able to maybe connect to the earth. And so there's a lot of spiritual symptoms and physical symptoms that can manifest when the womb is not in an optimal position. And then on top of that, if we're not as men or women or however we identify, if we're not able to connect to this place, then we're missing the true source of our power. And then we're missing the connection to our ancestors and the connection to the earth and the connection to others. So there can be the sense of isolation. There can be the sense of like not belonging. Hmm. So, I mean, on an intuitive level, like I'm like doing a fist pump right now. Like, yes, I get yeah. it. But there's definitely a part of me that's just like, okay, there may be people in the audience who are just like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. like the womb is <laughs> uh -huh. like, you know, not in alignment. What? Like, okay. Maybe they've heard of chakras not being in alignment, but you're talking about the actual for uh, a woman who has a womb, like a physical yeah. womb. Yeah. That organ. The actual organ. Yep. The actual organ. So it's small. The womb is like literally a hollow organ and it's a suspensory organ. So it's held in by ligaments. It's not like, uh, where other organs are in place. And we don't want other organs floating around, like not a good idea. But the womb needs to be able to move for childbirth, for creating a baby. That's why it can grow so big and then come back to being small. That's such like yin energy, right? To be suspended, yeah. to not be so fixed. So that's awesome. Yeah. I think yeah. I read on your site that depending on just like lots of normal things we do in life, like exercising a lot while you're menstruating, your womb can go out of physical alignment? I yes. So because that we have our hips move, mm -hmm. uh, the womb based on, let's say you had an accident and you have a little torsion in your hips or a little twist, that's going to affect those uh, ligaments that are suspending it. So you can imagine like we have this like little womb and then there's these little rubber bands that have it holding in place. And so wherever your hips are, whatever the trauma is, if you fall onto your back, or you fall forward, or you're holding a lot of tension. Um, the other thing that can happen is a lot of us forget to breathe. 
into our diaphragms. And so that will create its own kind of tension, creating an oppression on the lower part of the body, which actually can manifest as like um, a pressing on the womb. The bloating of the intestines, the digestive issues can have an, an oppressive effect. It's like bogging the womb down, really. Trauma can absolutely create different crystalline patterns of um, contraction in different places in the body, depending on where that trauma lands inside of us. Before we go more into the physical part, I just want to build context around this. The womb is, first of all, the incubator of life. We all know that. And it, even after we're born from it, um, when we develop our own wombs, if we have that physical organ, um, even though it's so important and it's kind of foundational, there's not a lot of emphasis in mainstream, just like, I don't know, like I call it the Gwyneth Paltrow mainstream spirituality people. There's not a lot of talk about it. Why is that? I think that we are in, in some way, what comes through right now is I'm getting goosebumps, first of all. So thank you for such a beautiful question. I think that there's a denial, ultimately, of the inner yin essence. And what's happening in that kind of spirituality is it's like an empty yang. Uh, and we, I'm going to speak to the energies, just like the qualities of them. So even when we talk about feminine and masculine, when I'm talking about it, I'm not speaking to a gender. We're speaking to the quality or energy that that holds. And so an empty yang would be like an empty Tupperware. The yang is the container. The essence is the soup that goes inside of that Tupperware, right? And so if in that kind of spirituality that's become so mainstream, it's a container, but it's missing the essence. And so it feels like that is a metaphor for how we are with the divine feminine. We're still kind of missing that essence and we're still approaching a lot of things from this linear way of thinking. And the feminine, ultimately, the yin, is circular, it's rhythmic, it's the moon cycles, it's the lunar, it's the tides, it's the cycles of life. It's not linear. It can't be put on a timeline unless it was a circular one, you know? And so that feels like a big part of why we're not connecting to that place. And then that place, my loves, it also stores and has the potential to store a lot of our unconscious and denied parts that we don't want to feel. What we tend to do is we tend to deny whatever we don't want to feel, whatever we want to deny, we kind of shove down. So the womb, because it's this hollow organ, it can easily get filled with the unconscious. And so because of that, there's a lot of fear around really going to this place. I mean, I had a client recently who said she booked her session with me and cried for a week before she came because she was scared. What was she scared of? Going there, feeling what may be stored. In today's society, a lot of trauma work is based upon here, like the thinking, the, the analyzing of. When we say, I'm just going to push that feeling down, we're literally doing that energetically as well. And where does it go? It goes right to this area right mm -hmm. here. And, you know, this reminded me, okay, for the people in the audience who are just like, well, I don't have like a physical womb. This doesn't apply to me. 
there's this one guy, David Goggins, he was talking about how, you know, he had a horrible childhood, like traumatic childhood. And when he got older, he became an ultra endurance athlete, but he basically fucked up his body because he was running with, he said, really tight hip muscles and like really tight like muscles down here. I don't talk about a lot, but um, the stress of my life getting to 24 caused me to have some serious psoas issues. I, I didn't know anything about this shit. The psoas muscle is what we use. It's your hip flexor muscle. And basically under stress, it starts to tighten up. My psoas muscle got real tight to my T12. So I'm six foot one, but my muscles were like five foot nine because I just started, just the muscle tightness from my psoas going to my T12, I was just getting tighter, my quads, everything getting tired from just stress. So what happened was all the shit I did to myself, the stress I was under, physical, mental, all kind of shit, it just choked me out. Like he just blatantly said in his book, all my trauma was stored there. So this isn't just like woo woo talk. This is like Navy SEALs guys, tough guys also saying, yeah, my childhood trauma of getting the shit beat out of me, being abandoned, that was stored inside my pelvic area. Yeah. Wilhelm Reich was one of Sigmund Freud's students, and he um, was studying with him for a while and observing with him in sessions. And then he kind of branched off and started to create his own what he started to see in people's bodies. And he calls them emotional armor bands. And he said, like, there's a pelvic emotional armor band that starts from below our belly button, like the top of our hip bones, and goes all the way to the bottoms of our feet. So you can actually see sometimes when somebody's standing, they'll stand on the edges of their feet. And that this is also, uh, you know, a sign of some stuff. You know, there's no judgment either. If we have, we all have fucking stuff, you know, like, it's not like, oh, no, you shame on you. You've been storing your stuff like, no, we all have it. When we talk about magic, a lot of people, they do magic from like here up. Yeah. So if we talk about chakras, we're talking about throat chakra up and focus really on this crown chakra, Ooh, you know, and there's sort of a resistance that a lot of people have to going deep into below the, I guess, the, the what is this? The solar plexus chakra. Yeah. When you have life just throw shit at you because we're all human, there's going to be stuff that you push down, as we all say, down to here because we have to survive. But now yeah. that we're older and we want to take power back to ourselves, what can we do about it? And this is where your teachings come in. And you mentioned you've been doing this for 30 years. How'd you find out Ooh. about the wisdom of the womb? Um, I Thank you for bringing that up because I wanted to also honor my teacher's um, cultural appreciation and all. Um, I first, what was led, I'll just say what led me to this realm was fucking miserable, traumatic childhood, hmm. just so much trauma. And that was like my ninja training, really, you know? And so I connected to the plants as a child and that was kind of what kept me sane. And then it was like art and then it was witchy medicines so when I was like nine I had this Hanai uncle which in Hawaii Hanai means like your adopted uncle that I met who became my dear friend and would take me to the store and let me buy all the witchcraft books that I wanted and spell books and so I just started really getting into that realm and then through time I was introduced I was in herbal school and um which was like very uh, earth-centered witchy, like the green witch kind of information and content. 
and I was introduced to Rosita Arvigo, who is a um, white woman who went down to Central America and studied with this Maya indigenous healer. And he shared with her the transmissions of this beautiful work. And then Miss Beatrice Waite was a part of her community. And so I went down and started studying with them. And I was like, whoa, like all this women's stuff and what the womb and what do you mean my body? And what do you mean this organ? And like they taught all about like the organ and the nerves and the blood flow and the ovaries and like just the technical stuff, really, you know, and just being like, whoa. And you can actually like massage that in, back into place, like cool. And then within that, I was uh, also apprenticing with the shamanic herbalist and practitioner. And so it just kept growing and building and building and building. And I used to be a teacher for uh, the uh, Arvigo Institute, which is what it was called. And, um, and then I just, I have had my own practice. So I've seen over 60,000 clients in my career. It's a lot of people under my hands and in my space. And I started to kind of change the techniques to really meet the, you know, it's like when you study something, you learn the technique, you maybe learn the spell, you learn the magic. And then there's something where now you're, you're embodying it and mixing it with your own chemistry and then something else manifests. So because I've studied so many things, the womb work became something other than what I was just taught. It became what came through and how I met each person and the results that I saw. And so now it's like I have a school. <laughs> and now I have a school and I'm like, okay, the wise womb medicine path. And the reason why I wanna just speak to this for a moment, the reason why, as you shared earlier, why I call it the womb is yes, we actually work with the foundation as the womb is, is a woman center. And for men, we work with the Hara, but more to me, it's about speaking to that portal. The womb is a portal, which we all come from. All of humanity comes from this womb, the center. And this is a, a really powerful, uh, energetic system. When you're an egg inside your mother, in her ovaries, she was an egg inside her mother, and her mother was an egg inside her mother, yeah. and her mother, so it's connected to our ancestors, it's connected to where we come from, and for me, I denied where I came from, because I fucking hated it, and it was terrible and miserable, and so part of, for me, the womb, it's like I've been doing the womb work now for so long, and it's, there's still, like, work to do, <laughs> Because it's like, oh, shit, I was denying all that. Now this, this there's this other piece that comes in of like, ooh, the more that we can be um, embracing to all of, all of it, even the parts that we deny, even the like past, the shadow, the family, the ancestors you don't really resonate with, the more that I can bring healing to that, the more healing that there is in my own body. And then ultimately with the earth. And so for transgender folks, what we do in our work is we actually build an energetic womb and Ooh. we end up imbuing it and empowering it and creating it so that you can connect to this energetic womb space so that you don't have to feel there's an aching and longing from the clients that I've worked with of not having this. So we actually build that portal. We build that energetic womb. And for those that identify as man, we can, uh, we can connect to the Hara and the Hara is in a similar location. And this is still like the center place of our personal power, the seat of that. And so we can still do similar work 
to me, it's not gender specific. It's human specific. The womb is kind of where it's the beginnings of everything. We all came from a womb. And also that we all have an energetic womb. Maybe we did have a physical womb, but we had a hysterectomy and it's gone, but we still have that energy there because we all have energy centers. So it's not really about the gender. It's not about the physical aspect as much as conveniently, if you do have a physical womb, then it's right there in that energy center. But just because you don't have it, male, transgender, had a hysterectomy, whatever, it's still there. That energy is still there. Exactly. We can still cultivate a connection to the spirit of the womb. The stereotype is a woman who has like a a physical womb. Sort of like, okay, she gets like PMS. You know, she has her period and then she, you know, she goes fucking crazy. But then you give her some chocolate and then she gets back to her. You know what I mean? So there's that. So when we think about the womb, we almost think of it as something that causes a lot of emotional disturbance. We think of it as something that, you know, holds a baby, but then other than that, it's kind of like, what's the point? Cause it just bleeds and it causes like, you know, hormonal fluctuations and it just, you know, it hurts. Sometimes I have a love hate relationship with my womb. I think a lot of us who have like physical wombs are just like, why, what, you know? So we Mm -hmm. kind of see the womb in, like, not a great way, even though we all come from one. I guess unless we were born outside in some sort of machine incubator. Anyways. I know. I I was like, are we all from a womb? I'm wondering more about this energetic womb. Mm -hmm. What is that exactly? Great question. So if we were to even just connect to the quality and energy of like the root chakra and the sacral chakra. So that grounded presence that we feel, let's say when we're like laying on the earth Hmm. or sitting on the earth and we feel held, we feel like we can actually surrender our pelvis to be held. We don't have to hold it in. And so in the same way, the womb is there, whether or not we're connected to it or not spiritually on a spirit level. Uh, you made a really good point about, you know, PMS and symptoms and this love hate relationship. And if you do have a womb and, or if you've had to have a hysterectomy, there's a, can be a lot of wounding that has happened here. Sexual traumas, rapes, like all sorts of things can make us not really feel super connected. Uh, you know, in Rosita's school, she'll talk about like, Um, potty training, like certain kind of potty training can actually like create um, barriers and blocks in this area. Spanking, uh, you know, abuse, like so many things. And so the more that we're working with the energetic womb and this, because to me, they're the same. So unless if I'm working with a woman who identifies as a woman who has a womb, the spiritual and emotional, they're just this different sides of the same thing. They're not separate the physical, spiritual, emotional aspects of it. If you don't have a womb and we're building that energetic grid, there's actually a beautiful thing in there is that we can, uh, there aren't any imprints, unless you had a hysterectomy, there aren't any imprints that we necessarily have to clear, but we have to build them. What we say in the womb work is like the symptoms that a woman may have with her cycle, the love-hate relationship with her cycle, with our blood, all the symptoms, are usually our own intuition 
because the womb is also very much connected to the third eye when they're in alignment. There's you oh. can actually see more clearly mm-hmm. when your womb is in optimal position because the, because it's literally our root. And so if the womb, I'm going to be the womb as I want. I'm like, what am I doing? Um, so if the womb is like a wandering womb in the pelvis and we can't connect to the center of ourselves, we can't see clearly. If we can't connect, like you commented on the body, if we can't connect to this body, we're here on earth in a body. Mm. This is what we're, we are. This is just, that's just the fact, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so when we can connect and not deny this body, like you were saying, living from just up here, oftentimes a lot of the womb wounds, like the PMS, the endometriosis, pelvic uh, PCOS, cysts, fibroids, um, I mean, like the list can go on, cervical issues. A lot of this can happen because it's like the into, it, we're being called to presence here. It makes sense. This is the container that, you know, like you, you came from that container. And so it only makes sense that some sort of like residue of whatever was in that container is going to be embedded in you somehow. I mean, if you're going to make like, think about it, guys, if you're going to make like chocolate milk, but your cup it had some orange juice in it and you didn't wash it, your chocolate milk is going to have orange residue in it. We all, in very recent history, have ancestral residues of war, abuse, all of that stuff that's happening constantly. Well, and the beautiful thing about this as well is it's it's like being a witch and doing magic while inside of yourself. You're closing your eyes and you're checking in. I call it um, the wise womb way. We call it the art of inner alchemy. And so it's like how to go inside your body and to listen to the messages that your body is sharing. When there's a lot of trauma or a lot of denial or a lot of pain, we can't connect there. Like we might not hear anything. I struggled with like uh, these crazy episodes of pain that would last like 10 or 12 days and I would just be on the ground like screaming in agony and it was like and then the rest of the time I'd be like well what are you trying to tell me what's going on I couldn't hear anything it was like blank and I was like what the fuck you know like why can't I connect to my wounds like this is like what I do how can I like not like I'm not hearing anything And so sometimes that means that we need a space holder to help guide us because we may not be ready to hear what's there and that's okay too. So all of you who are listening, who may want to, you know, try listening to your body, like the, one of the biggest suggestions that I have is like, try to get out of the tendency to judge because a lot of us are like, Oh, I just, that, that wasn't it. I'm just overthinking or, but like, just come into like the sensations that you're experiencing. So when you're, let's say you're um, a menstruating person and you're menstruating and it's like cramping, like going in and just being like, okay, what's happening here? What am I noticing? And then describe the sensations rather than I'm experiencing pain. Start to describe the actual sensation. Because when we can describe the sensation instead of that judgment of it being pain, it can sometimes dissolve a little bit because the, the judgment keeps us in contraction, like physical, literal contraction. Like, ow, that hurts. Instead of like, well, what does it feel like? And we bring, basically, it's like bringing curiosity. A lot of people are in the 
I'm not going to think about anything negative because law of attraction told me that if I do, then negative shit's going to happen to my life and it's my fault. There's this image of womb healing as being heavy and intense, chaotic, exhausting, too much. I got a job. I got to take care of my dog. You know, yeah. what do you have to say to that? Yeah, it's true. You, it's There has to be a balance between the lower and upper centers. And I don't really love the word balance because it's honestly nothing that we'll ever attain. <laughs> We're always looking for like the balance constant. It just, life is always going to be fluctuating, right? Like your womb. That's, that's just going to be it. Yep, this is how it is. Ride the cycles. But it's about, for me, what I've been playing with is it's about what sparks joy inside of me. What sparks that light? Where, you know, Marie Kondo is mm, silly. When you touch an item that sparks joy, your body would respond this way. On the contrary, when you touch an item which does not spark joy, you would feel... I've been playing with what are my yeses and what is joy. Like my whole life, I didn't know that. I didn't follow joy. I followed struggle because that's what I knew. If we go to this dark realm and we get stuck there, and the dark realm, let's just say, is like, close your eyes, picture your pelvis, it's dark in there. <laughs> right? It's dark. And so if we go to these dark places that are more about the sub and unconscious aspects of possibility, we also need to balance it with the light and the remembrance of it's all inclusive. It's all, it's all, um, I'm going to say something super cheesy, so I'm sorry for that. It's all love. And ultimately all of the anger and all of the fear and all of the hatred is actually all started out as a seed of love. Positive people that are like overly positive will be like, oh, just let it go. Or, oh, stop that. Don't cut people off. Let people have their process. Hold the container so people can have that process. And then sometimes the person that gets obsessive in that dark process, we can say, let's, what about this, right? But we have become overly obsessed with the positive. And because of that, culturally, collectively, we are asleep. And by doing that, you can see how it's all manifesting. And you can see all of the places where we're trying to push out of that sleepiness as a collective. There's one more piece that I want to speak to around the pain bodies. So we have these energetic pain bodies collectively. And so sometimes when you're, when you're like feeling something in your own body, you were talking about your the ancestors and holding these like patterns that can be set in place from great 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 grandparents and because they didn't do their work and they didn't do their work and they didn't do their work and they didn't do it now it's yours to do there's a magic in knowing what's yours and knowing what's not that's a different conversation but here that part is also really important with owning the shadow and owning the light it's equal how does working with the womb help to develop that because there's a lot of other spiritual practice practices we can do but what what makes womb work special because it is this like source of life for and we all come from one and it's literally in our center that the more that we're able to for those of us that have a physical womb for those of us who need to build the energetic womb or connect to the spirit of the womb, post hysterectomy or something, 
we have this like unlimited source of power that like literally has the remembrance of creation, creative energy, creative flow. The ovaries are the light bringers, the bringers of joy. They generate energy. And when we have this reverence, there is an empowered quality that we can connect to that is like none other. And it is completely you and yours. Yeah, it's like you have your own womb, you have your own connection, it manifests how it manifests. And it's this deep, it's your center. Like literally. I'm almost envisioning like uh, Hecate with her two torches, you know? Yes, yes. The way that you're talking about it is that it's this regenerative, powerful, um, f filled with the wellspring of life. The Holy Grail. Holy Grail. Mary Magdalene's blood. So that's where we want to also come into the witchiness as a woman who bleeds to connect to the blood. This blood, when we're healthy, so this is another piece, our blood will also tell us where our health is. Our symptoms of our womb through bleeding and ovulation, through watching the rhythms and of our cycle, like this is also the coolest part. If I teach um, in the school, we do like cycle charting. So we just start noticing what's happening every month with your cycle. We do like the technical thing of like, you know, charting every day, doing your temperature, writing out symptoms and emotional experiences. And the beautiful thing about that is you're starting to understand your own natural rhythms. The more that you know, and for men, you can do this as well. Just start charting yourself. Start noticing what are your tendencies and patterns. You can do it too. Because the more that you start knowing your tendencies, like, ooh, when I'm ovulating, right before I ovulate, I get very jovial. I'm very open. I'm very social. I'm like, ooh, yeah, I can. And let me tell you, ovulation, Naomi, cannot make the agenda for the rest of my Naomi experience because that girl has so much fucking energy. And menstruating Naomi does not and post-menstruation I'm tired and so if I let that ovulation Naomi schedule the my month <laughs> the rest of me is fucking pissed because I can't keep up and so the more that we can like start to know what our natural rhythms are the more we emp empowered we are to know ourselves and to know our tendencies and so then when we look at the health of our blood when we look at the health of our um, like our actual blood like as we're bleeding if it's like a brown color, if it's um, like a, a really light pink, if it's super cloudy, this is telling us that we're not maybe in optimal health. And so then we can start to change and do different things so that we can actually get that beautiful burgundy red blood. And when we have that blood, that blood is full of stem cells. It's like yeah. so healing. And they are, you know, people on Instagram, for me, it's too much, but they'll, like, take pictures of, like, blood face masks. You can rub it on yourself. You can, like, take that blood and put it on places where you have um, pain, where you have uh, scratches, where you have things that on your body that need to heal. That is the inner nectar. And so when I think of, like, Mary Magdalene, you know, with the, with the archetype of, like, being called the prostitute, mm -hmm. you know, which meaning, like, they really didn't want to honor her sexuality, they didn't want to honor her blood, her womb, that root that she owned. 
And so to me, I'm like that when I read that, I think I read it, um, I, it made so much sense to me. I'm like, of course they want to deny that power. This organ has the capacity to regenerate. It literally sheds and regenerates and sheds. And then in that, the ovaries being light generators, bringers of joy can activate and we can take semen in and we can create a baby. Like that is like, I know it's, I used to be like, whatever, like making babies, whatever. But then I attended and helped, I've helped thousands of people get pregnant. And then I've attended a lot of births and I was like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a prolonged miracle. <laughs> that is magic, actually. A lot of witches, they do spells with their menstrual blood. Like blood magic, that's super fucking powerful. Super, super fucking powerful. I've personally also done spells with blood, but I felt as though, like my menstrual blood, but I didn't know how to do it. Like I felt kind of disconnected from it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of like a lot of the wounding a lot of women have. It's like, we've been taught that this blood is smelly and it's ugh. Yeah. How inconvenient if we have like all this blood gushing out. So we never think about it as, oh my God, there's like stem cells in there. Like the cures for all these diseases is like coming out of our cooch. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> magic. <laughs> it, it literally is like, not just like magic in terms of like drawing sigils with your blood, but scientifically there's cures for the ails of humankind physically, scientifically inside our menstrual blood and of course there's also you know kim kardashian doing like vampire facials you know and keeping keeping that glow going i know a lot of people love to hate on the kardashians and stuff i get it but come on guys like if something happens to the kardashians forget what's happening in the white house people care about the kardashians let's mm -hmm. not denigrate her power as a witch and i feel yeah. oftentimes when women denigrate other women especially women who are sexual or own their sexuality I wonder about, you know, like what sort of disconnection we're having with maybe our womb, maybe our womanhood. One of my teachers would say, whatever you, your, um, like if you see that and you have something with another woman uh, and it felt, it's like, usually it's gonna, it's showing you where your void is. Hmm. So if I'm like, fuck you and your sexual witchy magic, it's showing you where I have denied my sexual witchy magic. You know, and that's one of the ways that I alchemize my experiences in the world all the time. Where's my version of that? If I'm going to be like, blah, 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 where's my version of that behavior, of that pattern, of that whatever it is, so that I can own my own thing instead of projecting it out? That's a huge piece also of the shadow work because we tend to project out and try to blame and shame and whatever outside of us. And we have to bring it back in and say, where is this, where, where am I? What's my part here? You know, I lived in India a lot and there's a lot of um, renouncing, right, of the body. And it's a, a lot of times in like the meditation world, there's a lot of, you know, it's out, like I don't, I wanna transcend. And so I'm very much come from an earth-centered lineage. I'm here on earth. I'm in this body and it doesn't mean I always accept being in this body. This is part of our humanity. This is part of being embodied and connecting to that. And it's not denying it. And the fucking, the placenta. Tonight is our beautiful placenta dinner. What animal is this placenta from, just FYI? A human. A hu what? 
It's not that often that I cook. Oh my God, that looks amazing. Is it a brisket? Yeah. Cut you guys a piece. Oh, it's nice and tender. That knife just melts right through. <laughs> you you know we dehydrate it or we like blend it and or you freeze it. Like there's all sorts of things that you can do to it, and that's actually like given in Chinese medicine. Uh, in all sorts of ways, as you know, I remember when I, we didn't know if I had endometriosis or what the symptoms that were manifesting were. And I went to a Chinese, like a real Chinese uh, acupuncturist, and she was like injecting me with placenta. It's almost like if you can imagine like the bone marrow is deficient of energy of essence, the placenta is like that it's giving you that level of mama nourishment. I mean, I'm just thinking about how amazing the fee, the like, if you give birth, if you're physically able to give birth and you're able to breastfeed, and like the first milk that comes out, you know, like a lot of very health conscious people, they'll drink what's it called, Col colostrum or something. From, yeah, they'll drink it from like a cow because uh, yeah. it's so nutritious. And I'm thinking, how does the the body do that? That's miraculous. How it's, does it become like this? It's quite <laughs> magical this body it, it you know really and we're is. just not accustomed to thinking of ourselves in that way oh my god this is such an empowering thing for i think women to hear because our bodies have been told like the period thing is like that's been used as, as an excuse as to why women can't go into combat you know they they'll get infections something about their vaginas they get periods just mm -hmm. everything yeah. about that is considered like disgusting and inconvenient but Actually, what I'm hearing from you, which is like getting me super like pumped and excited, is that everybody has a womb, but guess what? As a person who was born with a womb, you actually have a very convenient kind of thermometer, um, physical thing that tells you, hey, you know, like your energetic womb is like this. And like somebody who wasn't born with a womb, maybe they have to like build that, but you actually were born with it. It's like you're born with this specific sort of like gauge on you. Mm -hmm that tells you very conveniently what's going yeah. on in your energetic womb. Yeah, it'll tell you if you should not be in that relationship. Uh-huh. It'll tell you if you don't want to be having sex with that person, if your true self doesn't want to be, it'll let you know. The more that I like I consider it like our inner compass. It's like an inner navigational system. And the more that there for me, the more that I've connected to my womb space the more that I have cleared out, you know, toxic relationships and all of those challenges that I had so uh, consistently gravitated towards because it was all that I knew, which was creating all of these symptoms in my body. And it was like, what the fuck? And I don't understand. And then once I cleared and cleared and cleared and started to really like, it lets me know my womb space, like lets me know where I'm at, how I'm taking care of myself, how I'm tending to myself. It'll let me know what my yeses are. Everything is like coming from this inner place of like, what do, like deep listening. And when we are able to do that deep listening of like truly connecting to our center, it's almost like there isn't a question. It's just a yes. Or not. I guess I always thought about the center as being like here, like the solar plexus, but mm -hmm. perhaps it's we need to look a little bit further down, like here, like right where mm -hmm. the sacral chakra would be, the womb, yes. the energetic womb. And if you imagine the pelvis as a bowl, mm -hmm. so the top of the hip bones, the womb is in the center of that pelvic bowl.
if you want to feel where it would be, you touch your pubic bone. Mm -hmm. And then if you bring your fingers like this to your pubic bone and all of your fingers are touching the pubic bone where your pinkies are, mm -hmm. like, can I bring it down here? And sure. Okay. So here, mm -hmm. so here's my pubic bone where my pinkies are, mm -hmm. are where my ovaries are inside. Mm. And so right here is where the womb is. The bladder is underneath it. And then the ovaries are on either side. And then you have the intestines, the small. So like if you have that bloated, as I was saying, like I can feel my small intestines feel a little bloated. It'll create that um, oppression. And so it, when the womb is in optimal position, that's where it would be. If you look at a diagram of a female pelvis, you'll see the womb at the center of the body. And it's kind of cool because the other thing that I want you to consider if you do that, because um, some people, if they don't have a connection to the womb, or even if you're um, identifying as female uh, and you were born in a male body, uh, I'll even have them sometimes draw like or color in pictures of the womb to like build a connection to it. So if you can't connect to it, like print out a blank chart and like just draw it in, color it in as a way to start connecting to that. So we even like, it's sometimes helpful if we can get the tangible, this is what it looks like. A lot of the diagrams show the uterus like standing up with like the ovaries up on the side. That's not actually what it is. That it's uh, the uterus is tilted a little bit forward and the ovaries are actually behind and on the sides when in optimal position. So if it's not in a good position, let's say, and it's tilted over to one side, that blocks off the fallopian tubes on either side. It blocks oh. off the communication between the brain the, um, and the uh, ovaries. And that's how we get hormones going. And so that can also be part of the hormonal imbalance is when there's like a miscommunication because the flow isn't there. And so just to speak for a moment about like fertility um, and pregnancy, so with infertility, if a woman is struggling with that, this is something that we always go to, is the spiritual, emotional, and physical wound. Absolutely. If anyone is coming to, to, um, uh, to work with anything cycle-related, obviously, we go to all of these things. And then during pregnancy, we also can coax the womb to stay in that optimal position because the uterus will move, right, and get so big in pregnancy. And so we can coax that womb to stay in optimal position for an ease of childbirth. Today is probably one of the first days of my life, and I'm like 40 years old, where I've touched, like, I didn't even know where it was. Like, I, I was like, oh, I know it's like somewhere around here, but I didn't know it was that low, first of all. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that the fallopian tubes and the ovaries were like kind of behind. I had no idea that the womb was suspended by ligaments rather than like fixed. I kind of felt like, for whatever reason, I kind of saw it as like kidneys in that it was like kind of there. But I'm like feeling my, my womb right now. I always thought my womb was like right here, but it's actually lower. So now that I'm actually touching it, um, I can like, I can feel this pressure. And to be honest, like I'm pressing it and I feel a little bit nauseous. Like I'm yes. just like, yeah. I love it. You're just like, yeah. I'm all, no, yeah. Nausea. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So the entire time I thought it was like closer to my stomach. It's like down here. It's like actually really close to like my pussy, right? Yeah. So it's pretty exactly. close to that. Um, 
and I'm like yep. massaging it right now, it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. It will usually at first. And then once we clear whatever like stagnation or tension is around that, like one of the things that I do is like, you know, magic. I do a lot of my fingers are magical, hands are magical. And we clear all of the like uh, sediment, I want to call it. Like we're standing up a lot. So gravity, sediment. So it's sort of like sediment lands here in this pelvic bowl also if you want to just think of it as like just factual and so we clear a lot of that and then it's like oh my god yum oh my god like now it's like when you get womb work when you're you know massaging through the belly so I want to clarify also like the womb work is through the belly and I do also in my private practice internal um, vaginal work uh, and then I also wanted to say for reference, if you want to play with where your uterus is, for those of you that have one, with clean fingers, totally clean fingers, um, just, you know, on uh, let's say on day one of your cycle, so the first day that you bleed, you can just go in and kind of feel where your cervix is. The cervix is the root of the uterus. Mm-hmm. And so if you if your cervix is not... Like when I go in, my uterus tends to anterior, it usually falls forward. So if the uterus falls forward, my cervix is more on the back wall of my vagina. Mm -hmm. And so then you can just start to feel and you'll feel it move. Your uterus will move naturally through your cycle anyway, because that's just what it does. And so then you can start every day just feeling, hey, where's my cervix? And honestly, some of us, when we touch the cervix, like we feel a little nauseous. When I'm brushing my teeth, I like open my mouth and I'll look at, you know, like my throat feels a little bit sore. Maybe it's like swollen here, but I've never thought, hmm, let me see like where my cervix is today, even though that's an important part of my body. Yeah. That's actually, you know what? That's probably something that if you have like, if you were born with um, uh, a womb, you can start doing that tonight, right? Yeah. You can... Start doing it. I like to, if you want to have like accurate information, you want to start it on the day of your cycle that you're able to know, you know, what day that is. So like, if you know you're ovulating, then you can say that's about like, you know, day 14, you uh -huh. know, if you have a typical 28 day cycle, but it's nice to see you, but just go in and feel it and just be like, Hey, <laughs> Hey girl, how's it going? And then I always like to imagine that as I'm touching, especially this part. So the next piece that I'd like to just bring in is that so often for women with vaginas, um, we don't have a lot of experience of things. Um, let's just say the yoni has a lot of the yoni or vagina, the pussy has a lot of experience with agendas. Mm. A doctor has an agenda. We usually have an agenda to clean, to get something in, to get something out of that area. There's not a lot of times that we give this place attention without wanting something from it, whether it's an orgasm or what's wrong with you down there or, you know, and so I just want to like plant that seed of like being gentle with yourself. It's like, not just like, yeah, stick it in there, you know, <laughs> like just you, maybe if that's, if that resonates with you to just, Okay, let's see. And then I like to envision that your fingers have our light wands. And the light wands are going up into to just gently feel where the cervix is. And then you can just send a little light there. Because you know, the hands are 
expressions of the heart, yeah? And so we can send our own heart energy directly to the service. I'm like, what kind of magician am I? I'm like, it must, in the body, witch. <laughs> That's awesome. Like being like a pussy witch. Oh, yes, God. I'm a total pussy witch. <laughs> I'm trying to think of times in my life where it even occurred to me. Like it even came into my imagination that, you know what? Instead of putting fingers inside my pussy for what, what sexual reasons, maybe just relaxing with absolutely no agenda of getting off. Just yes. for exploration. Yes. That's like never even really occurred to me before. Yes. That's like one of the foundations that I teach in the school because a lot of, you know, the Tantra world, um, speaking of the shadow work, uh, the Tantra world is also very much about like vaginal eggs and yeah. yoni eggs and yoni wands and da da da. And, you know, that's great. And I tend to see the clients and they show me what's really going on. And so I get a good finger on the pulse, so to speak, of like actually where humanity is. With 60,000 clients, that's a lot of fucking people. We don't typically sit without an agenda there. So I don't actually work with yoni eggs right away. I don't actually go internally and do vaginal massage with somebody right away, even if that's what's indicated. Because we need to, um, we need to build presence here. We need to like create that safe container for ourselves. And then for me, like with sex and pleasure, I didn't know that sex could be for my pleasure, to be honest. I always did it as like maybe some performance, like, I don't know, like I, I didn't really like consider myself in it for some reason, that was my own thing. But the more that I realized that in myself, the more that like, that's how so many people actually feel. Like they didn't feel like, ooh, when I have sex that it's like, the the person that I'm with is like with me they're usually trying to get something out of me yeah and then we also have been trained to do that with our own self and same with like tampons and like you know when we're bleeding it's like ugh, like get the tampon in get the cup in and so when we start to shift that like you just said like lay in bed no agenda you might even like I'll teach a mirror gazing practice where you just like look at your genital gazing to like just fully accept what's there because we also have a lot of there's a lot of shame that gets stored here in this yeah. space and just building that relationship and knowing where your own cervix is and kind of starting to feel that there's an empowerment that comes with that i consider myself to be pretty sexually balanced in that i don't have a lot of hang-ups you know i'm not one way or another and you know i've i have a healthy sex life but even for somebody like me, who's like relatively balanced and doesn't have too much shame about sex, it just never even occurred to me that I can just relax and explore that area. I mean, I've heard of people taking a mirror and looking down there, but it seemed almost more like a, it was like what these like hippie women did, uh, yeah, you know? Totally. You know what I mean? And it's like that, yeah. that performance art, you know, I, I think I watched a video of some women, they like dip their pussies into like paint and they squirt it out and it's like art. So I was just like, well, I don't have time for that. <laughs> but what you're suggesting is actually, I don't know, it's sort of like I brush my hair and I like look at the health of my hair. Why can't I do that to my pussy? Yeah. And like to know what it looks like, because, you know, honestly, when I was younger, you don't look down there unless something's going on. Yeah. And then you're only giving yourself attention when there's something wrong. I really thought for some reason that womb wisdom was separated from 
the sexuality. I don't know why. Like, I think subconsciously I thought there was a separation. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the more we're talking, it's sort of like, it's all interconnected, right? It's... It's, Yeah, I call it, like, it's your sex. It's like, I tried to get away from, like, vagina and womb and yoni. It's just like, this is your sex organs. It's all of it. But I do want to say that when we're working with the spirits, the yoni, the pussy, has a different energy than the womb. What In what way? So when I did a journey, so we do this thing in the temple. I call it temple work. It's like um, whatever the stuff is you don't write about. You know, it's like you just, it's all like magic. And I just, I never tell my students what we're doing. But because if you do it, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. They're like, whatever. So anyway, we do this practice where we do what's called aspecting. So you have on one cushion, you have the representation of your your vagina, your pussy. And on another cushion is the representation of your womb. And then you're sitting on this cushion and you're the whole of you. And then you sit on either cushion and you talk to each each of these organs, the spirits talk to each other. So the pussy talks to the womb. And sometimes you might throw the heart in there and this is a way to like clear sometimes things that we're not conscious of. So you actually go into the magic of actually becoming and embodying fully the energy of just the pussy. And then when you sit on the other cushion, you're fully embodying the spirit of the womb. Or And you can do these, like there are all sorts of different ways you can do this. And then they talk to each other. And I was like, oh, wow, my pussy is like a teenager and my womb is like an old grandma. The pussy's just like, get it in there, fuck me, and the womb is like, "Hmm." (laughs) you know, and I was like, wow, this is so funny, I had never thought of them as two different, they are two very different energies for me, Uh, and they're, they're not the same whatsoever, and some of their needs are different, and the ovaries are both two different personalities, they're not the same. Wait, what? There's also personalities in your ovaries. Yes. They both have their own energy. Yeah. And so you can look at the right side and connect to the right side ovary, and it has a different quality of presence. You can look at the left side, and the left one has a certain quality of presence. And sometimes, like, you know, um, I don't really follow the rules of, like, right means masculine and left means feminine because I feel like we're all interchangeable, and it's dependent on who you are and how it feels for you. So the left side, sometimes um, I'll, I'll notice in myself that does hold actually more of the patriarchal quality in there, like the wounds of that are what's stored there. And on the left or on the right side, I feel this like more matriarchal uh, quality. And then sometimes like as you're feeling into them, you can, you acknowledging that they have different personalities, I feel like is a beautiful, because we think they're just ovaries. But they actually hold different magical properties. This is very exciting for me. Like, I'm literally, (laughs) like, ready to jump out of my skin right now. I always felt that, you know, people who are marginalized, like women, people of color, LGBTQ, there was something inherently magical about us because we occupy liminal spaces, of course. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, realizing the physical liminality of the womb of it being suspended and now of all these aspects of the sense organs like having distinct characteristics um distinct personalities and maybe distinct spirits in them that you can work with now like the mind boggles 
you know, like in traditional Native American, like you can't do a sweat lodge if you're bleeding because mm -hmm. the belief is already that you're connected, that you're already in that intuitive state, that in that, lim that liminal space of the, like the veil is thinner. So you don't actually go into the sweat lodge because you are it. Like it's pretty, like we are, you know, it's pretty magical. And as you're, t as we're talking, I'm like, yeah, this is, it, it might sound a little crazy to be like, we're all these different parts and pieces. But one thing that I see in my practice so much is that we don't acknowledge all that, you know, we have a little girl or a little boy and we have a little teenager and we have an auntie or grandma. Like I have, we have all of these different archetypes within us. And the more that we can start to acknowledge these different archetypes um, the, and, and give them what they need, the more that we can uh, be more fully embodied. that's held in each ovary by bringing our breath there and then sending it through the surrounding cord to the earth. This is similar-ish to some magical meditations that I've done, but for this, I'm focusing on grounding myself, anchoring myself through my womb. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Witches and Wine audio experience. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting me on Patreon. You can choose between a few membership tiers. They're super affordable and flexible. Your membership helps me continue making videos, podcasts, articles, lots of different things about all the sweet witchy stuff. Links are in the show notes. Also, don't forget to go on iTunes and give this a five-star rating. Each five-star rating helps rank this podcast higher in searches so that as many witches can find and enjoy these episodes as well. Until next time, this is Chawan, signing off. <laughs>